Welcome. This is the No Days Off Podcast. My name is Tyler Gilden. Every week I'll be speaking with parents of some of the country's top sports prodigies for insight into what it's like raising a child constantly in the spotlight. As a new dad and sports fanatic, I'm interested in finding out more about the pressure and sacrifices it takes to raise a young sports prodigy today. So on this episode, I'm speaking with Brian Carson, father of 13-year-old baseball phenom Tanner Carson, uh, who might have given me the perfect quote for my first tattoo. Hope you enjoy our conversation. This is No Days Off. My name is Brian Carson. I'm the father of Tanner Carson. My son plays baseball. Awesome. Uh, all right, so let's uh, let's hop into it. Appreciate you taking the time to uh, to chat for a little bit. So uh, tell me, who is Tanner the person? You know, what can't I read off the back of his future baseball card? Man, what's crazy is is he's just a good kid. You know, that's the biggest thing is is that he is a a good person, and I think that's that's what you really don't get to see. You know, we we primarily focus on on baseball you know, on social media, but uh, what you don't get to see is really behind the scenes where he's he's cheering on the underdogs. He's going and, and visiting his friends who might have cancer in the hospital. He donates a lot of stuff to, to a lot of people who, who might not have the opportunity to uh, receive some of the things that Tanner gets. And uh, he's just a really good kid. That's, yeah, no, that, that to me is, is one of the biggest things that uh, no one really gets to see. You know, they get to see the, the persona, but they don't get to understand the person. Yeah. No, yeah. Seems like, uh, seems like a great kid. Uh, really enjoyed watching the episode. Uh, has there been any changes for Tanner since the episode has aired? People reaching out? Any, you know, additional exposure uh, since uh, the episode first went up? Uh, there's been a few people that actually recognized him uh, just walking on the street. Hey, are you the kid from No Days Off? Oh, that's and, awesome. Uh, so that, that's that's he, he really gets a kick out of that. You know, he's he's very humble about it and uh, he's very respectful and, and always takes the time to talk to people uh, when he has the opportunity. But, uh, yeah, that's that's what was uh, kind of interesting. You know, he gets noticed around town, but even more so now that that, that uh, episode came out. Yeah, so I, I noticed that his uh, his, Insta- his Instagram handle is uh, raised uh, in baseball, which is pretty indicative of, of being, you know, a young baseball uh, prodigy. Was was there any chance ever from the outset that he'd be playing another sport or following another passion, or was it just always baseball for him? Man, I couldn't keep the kid off the field, so that was the biggest thing is, is uh, <clears throat> I think so many people are always like multi-sport, 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 and I think it's great because it works different muscle groups and it really helps with uh, – you know, maybe speeding agility and, and adding some different dimensions to an athlete. But when you got a kid who's really just dedicated and focused uh, on one specific sport, you know, he's tried football, he's tried basketball, but he's never, it's not his passion. So, you know, when he was a little kid, I couldn't keep him off the baseball field. I have an older son and a younger son, but my older son, uh, Tanner's in the middle. And I coached his team and, you know, my wife would turn her, her head for one second and that kid would be gone running through the dugout and getting into the dirt literally all the time. So he's always had that kind of passion and that drive towards the baseball ever since he could walk. Um, and all of this is on him. So the amount of time that he puts in is on him. The amount of practice that he puts out is on him. Uh, and so, but the raised in baseball part is just kind of the little moniker that, that he has. And, and it's not just about him. It's about everybody who is raised in baseball, which is just getting after that sport and, and dedicating themselves to that sport. I'm also a, a middle child, and I, I think as a middle child, there's there is that benefit there that you get to be, you know, a younger sibling and an older sibling, and I think you could you could learn a little bit from being in both positions. Uh, so I'm, 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 uh, it doesn't shock me that you know sometimes uh, you gotta get the best of both worlds there. So it yeah, seems like yeah. that's kind of uh, bled into him. Those middle kids seem like they're the hustlers, they're the go-getters, right? 
I agree. You know, I, I, I'd like to think I'm a hustler and a go-getter. So I, I yeah. agree with uh, that mandate. And uh, uh, my producer here just pointed to himself that he's a he's a middle child also. So apparently this is – are you a middle child yeah. also? or You are also. No, no. I'm, uh, I'm, uh, I'm, uh, I'm the youngest, one of two. And uh, so there was no middle for, for us but uh, or being my sister. But the middle child just seems that's the thing. It's like the, the attention getter, the, the hustler, the, the guy who goes out and grinds and go gets it. And that's what it seems to be, you know. Whenever you hear about a middle child, that's kind of their persona, right? I, I'm I'm on board with that. I, I endorse that. Uh, so, was it, so was there ever a specific moment, like a specific game, where you realized, you know, that maybe Tanner was always into baseball, but there was a moment where you were like, oh, he actually is really good and has a shot at doing this possibly, you know, long term for a living. And I think I think really it started when you realized you could deal with a failure if that makes sense. And it might not make sense, but it was, it was the days of getting, you know, as, as kids are learning how to play the game of baseball, if they play the game scared where their head's pulling off the ball on a ground ball, if they're, they're leaning back away from the ball as the ball's coming at them, um, it's a lot harder to learn the basics of baseball. And this kid was always fearless and he took some, some baseballs off the chest. He took some baseballs, one, one baseball, I thought I broke his nose. It took a really bad hop and popped him in the nose, and blood starts gushing out. And this was like at the age of – I got the picture too. Uh, blood started gushing out. I think this was around the age of six or seven, and he stuck in there and wanted – he didn't want to go home. Uh, it was just a bloody nose. But but when you started seeing, all right, there's a true passion there. Anybody who can take a beat, beat down like that where you, know, you got beat up by the baseball and you're still not scared of the ball, I think you got something special there. Um, as far as when he uh, really turned the page, you know, I tell the story a lot that Tanner was the worst player on his baseball team all the way through about six or through, all the way about through seven and eight years old. Wow. Um, really was the worst, buddy. I mean, we're talking, he is the catcher on the T-ball team. You don't need a catcher in T-ball. So <laughs> that's where you, that's, that's where you can hide the worst kid. No offense to any catchers in T-ball, but uh, you know what? Uh, I I think that uh, there, there's not many catchers in T-ball out there listening to this, so you're probably okay. There you go. So so that's where where they put him. You know, he was just really wasn't that good. He had heart, um, but skill set was really lacking. And I had a friend of mine who who was starting a 10U majors team, <clears throat> and he said, you know, why don't you bring your kid over? And I was like, because he's eight and uh, not that good. So he's like, well, give him a shot. We'll let him play with these bigger kids. And um, if it works out for you and it works out for me, you know, this will be great. And if it doesn't work out, no harm, no foul. You go your separate way. I'll go my separate way. And we'll see how it goes from there. And that's where he really had the biggest growth is that, that challenge of stepping up and, and uh, going from 8, 8U, which is uh, coach pitch, to the second year of kid pitch, uh, 10U majors. Um, the growth was phenomenal. He still He still was batting seven and eight hole and, and, and struggled, but he put in the work to try and catch up. And the conversation that I had with Tanner was, listen, you're the youngest, you're the smallest, you're going to be the first one to cut, you're going to be the easiest one to bench, you're going to be the one who's going to sit. So you've got two choices. You can either get better or you can find a new team and understand if you get cut, that's probably why. He rose to the occasion, has been rising to the occasion ever since, and uh, I think just rededicated himself to, to really understanding what it takes to play baseball at a higher level. It's not just going to practice and showing up for one or two hours a week. It's putting in all the work behind the scenes that nobody knows about and coaches don't know about, coaches don't see, uh, other kids don't see. It's it's the daily grind of finding a way to get better, um, 
one to two to three to four hours a day, um, which is going to help elevate your game. Yeah, well, it seems like, you know, you put enough dedication into it and uh, you could go beyond uh, a catcher and T-ball, which sounds like he's he's been able to do, which actually makes me think, if you're the catcher and T-ball, are you putting the ball at least back on the tee or is a parent still doing that? Man, I think in order to speed up the game, usually it's the parent. So, okay, so then you're really – because I was going to say, otherwise, the pitcher in T-ball is probably probably the worst position because there is no pitcher. At least the catcher, if he's taking the ball from the ground and putting it on the tee, there's some role there. But uh, it sounds like either one probably isn't the most ideal position to be at. Yeah, yeah. That's funny. Uh, so it sounds a lot like uh, basically it was more of his dedication uh, than natural ability uh, uh, to play baseball that's kind of propelled him. Would you say that would be fair? A hundred percent, and that's, that's what I try and tell – kids that are that you know are starting out you don't have to be god-given talent man it's awesome to have god-given talent it really is it's it's a it's a blessing that you know there's a kid in our town that decides he wants to wrestle he goes to state never done it before there's the same kid wants to play basketball he's phenomenal that's god-given talent you know and and that's just amazing but there's when you can outwork somebody that's a whole nother thing right if you can combine god-given talent with Hustle and grind, you got something special. And if you don't have the God-given talent, then work at it, and you can achieve. You know, you really can achieve great things if you just dedicate yourself and, and put your nose to the grindstone and get after it every day. Yeah. So you, you mentioned in the in the episode that at, at ten years old that you'd put you know your kid up against any other kid uh, in the U.S., which is very high praise. I'm sure you know most most parents always speak highly of their of their kids, and but that's you know exceptionally high praise. Uh, but do you ever fear that maybe that's putting too much pressure on him, or maybe uh, it gives him too much of an ego. Is that ever a concern? That's really funny. So, so, and, and, and why I say that is when I when I watched the episode, I was like, man, I did say I'd put him up against any kid. I will absolutely put my kid up against anybody in the United States. And the and the reason is he might not win, but he will compete. If that makes sense, he will hang with anybody in the United States. Now, as far as the ego part goes, I personally tell him all the time that you're not that good. There's somebody out there who's outworking you. There's somebody out there that wants it more than you. There's somebody out there. I come from a, a, a rather poor uh, background, and poor is relatively, it's all relative, right? You know, when, when someone's got Mercedes and they say they're poor, well, it's poor to maybe the guy who's got the Learjet. But when you've got people who are struggling to survive and their only way off the island is to excel at this sport, you know, like in the Caribbean, right? Latin America, you know, that's, that's who you're truly up against. And so how much drive do you have when in the United States you have options? You have options all day long. You want to go to college and play sports? Great. You don't want to go play sports and still go to college? You still get to go to college. You have so many options, and that's the, the blessings of being born in this country is that you can literally do anything you want. If you put your mind to it, find a way and grind. There's other places. My mother is an immigrant from South America, and I've traveled there many times, and those options aren't there. you got one way to succeed. It's very difficult to get a leg up, and when you have those types of people where you're just like, all right, well, I can help my not just my family. I can help my family, my grandparents, my aunts, my uncles. You know, that's, that's what you're up against, and so... As far as ego, <clears throat> I don't think he ever thinks that he's any better than anybody. And, and that's something that I preach to all baseball players is, man, it's such a hard sport that the minute you think you're good, the ball knows. The game knows it will humble you. So you better try and help that guy next to you because one day, and it could be tomorrow, you're going to need that help. 
And, uh, you know, there, there's a time period where Tanner really struggled uh, for about six months where man, he kind of hit the, the broad side of the barn. It just, uh, he got hit in the head and it took him a bit to get back on his feet and get squared up. And uh, it, it, the game will humble you if you're not humble yourself. I promise you that. And so that's something um, with all the, <clears throat> the, the so-called fame of social media, the, the being, being able to be on, on your no days off and whistle sports, which you guys did a fantastic job being recognized on the streets. Um, he is still very humble and understands that no one, you know, he's no better than anybody else out there. So that, that is something that uh, I, mean, I was telling, telling you about earlier when what's his, his quality that people don't really know about that's not going to be on the back of his card. It's, it's he's a good person. And that humbleness um, is part of that, in my opinion. So I'm not too worried about his ego because he's actually a pretty humble kid. Do you encourage him to have uh, a life outside of baseball, uh, hobbies, uh, you know, hanging with friends? I mean, obviously, it seems like a lot of his life is is revolved around and it seems like the family's life a bit around uh, baseball. But I guess, yeah, how much are you encouraging him to make sure he has some other things that, you know, he's passionate about as well? Every opportunity we can. That's the simple answer. So he loves fishing. He loves to hunt. Um, he gets to go out with his grandpa, especially like in the off season. We've got deer season coming up, so he really enjoys uh, getting out in nature. Fishing, he just loves. I've got a, a bass boat. He loves getting out there anytime he can. Friends, we really love to have either kids come over to our house and spend the night and hang out, or, or he'll go out and, and uh, spend the night over at their house. And He enjoys it. Anytime, anytime you have the opportunity to, to just be a kid and um, enjoy yourself, you know, you only, you're only a child once, once in your life. And so we, we highly encourage it. It doesn't mean it always happens. It doesn't mean the opportunity is always there. Um, but that's, that's something else I also talk about with, with a lot of ball players is what are you willing to do? What are you willing to do to play as long as you possibly can? Because even the greatest baseball players you know, of our times, Ken Griffey Jr., Derek Jeter, they're done. They're done playing. So there will come a time at some point when baseball ends. And what are you willing to give up? What are you willing to sacrifice to ensure you play that game as long as you possibly can. It doesn't mean you're going to become a professional. It doesn't mean you're going to be a college player. But if you're going to put yourself in a position to succeed, what are you willing to do to extend that time period out as long as possible? So that's the fine balance, right? You want your kid to always have a childhood. And, and, and so that's why we highly encourage him to do whatever he can, when he can with other kids and do the kids stuff, like going out and hiking and, and, um, fishing and hunting and having friends come over and the sleepovers. And anytime you get the opportunity to, to do that, you, you got to take that opportunity because, you know, they're already at a very young age grinding their faces off. So you, sometimes you guys just rein them in and say, listen, just, it's okay. Have some, have a good time and enjoy yourself. Right. You don't want to take, you know, you don't want uh, your love of the game to, to be lost in, in all that, uh, you know, it's hard work, but you got to, at the end of the day, it is a game too. So you want to make sure that they're having fun. So I think that absolutely. makes uh, absolutely. That makes and I think, I think uh, people need to understand, you know, cause I get messages all the time. <clears throat> people call me or, or message me or DM me. And, and, you know, I want to make something real clear to anybody, any parent who's out there is that do not sacrifice your relationship with your, your son or your child in order for them to succeed because at the end of the day when they come back and they're not successful or even if they are successful and they come back and say, man, I, I wish I would have been a kid more, man, you, that's not a pill that you want to swallow. So you got to make sure that you give your kid as much leeway as they want. If they don't want to play the game, you don't let them, don't, don't force them. That's that. I hear nightmare stories all the time about, you know, kids who are forced to play and one, it ruins their relationship with their parents and two, it ruins the love of the game for their sport. You know, it's, just, it's a sad situation sometimes when you see people getting pressured into 
playing or practicing when they really don't want to. Speaking of you know sacrifices, you know what what sacrifices have you made as a parent, uh, you know, to help Tanner uh, eventually to build towards his dream of playing in the MLB one day? Uh, do you have any regrets? Oh, do I have any regrets? I don't really have any regrets to be honest. I, I try and live my life uh, making decisions where I don't have any regrets. You know, occasionally you're gonna make the mistake and you'll be like, dang, I wish I wouldn't have done that. I can't really think of one to be honest, but you know. We use my oldest son. He's a swimmer. He's played football. He's played tennis. He's played golf. He's done all types of sports. Uh, my youngest one is just, he's a theater kid, and, and, and he loves going to baseball games and watching his brother play. But we usually turn our, our trips into baseball, uh, into vacations. So we don't really look at them as, as a sacrifice. We turn them into vacations. Like if we're going to Miami to play in a, in a tournament or North Carolina to play at the USA Invitationals, what we'll do is we'll drive, we'll do a road trip, and we'll drive and, and, and all lot like five to seven days to get there, and we'll drive until we find something cool, and when we find something cool, we'll hang out there for a day or two and move on to the next spot. So um, we've had a lot of great memories built up around, uh, family family memories built up around uh, road trips and baseball. If there was, uh, I guess, a, a player today who you felt like uh, Tanner had the, the most potential to be like, uh, any player in the MLB, who, who would that be? No, man, that's that's interesting. Uh, I can tell you who he's always um, liked, and it's based on on skill of play, but also the personality. And it's the guys who really have a good time joking around. So it would be uh, Adrian Beltre, who he grew up with here locally, uh, Texas Ranger. Um, he just absolutely loves because the guy's just a joker. He's always smiling. He plays relaxed. He has a good time. He brings up his teammates. He gets on his teammates when he needs to be get on them. Um, so he really did love watching and having the opportunity to watch uh, Adrian Beltre uh, play here in, in Texas. Uh, and the other one that currently plays is uh, Miguel Cabrera. He just loves, he loves the guys that can play loose, play relaxed, have fun, and enjoy the game and understand that, hey, it's, 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 it's a skill. It's, it's something that has to be worked at, but at the end of the day, it's a game and enjoy it while you can play it. And I think that's, those are the two guys that, you know, Miggy's the only one who's still still playing, but uh, those are the two guys that he really tried and emulates his game style and game play and game attitude towards. Any, uh, I guess, any uh, parting advice to uh, parents when it comes to approaching sports with their kids? I mean, for me, uh, you know, my son's only 11 months old, so, uh, you know, I could uh, hey. put him in a jersey and I could, you know, throw a little bouncy ball at him, but there's nothing there. But when I get to the stage of, uh, you know, I was a big sports, you know, uh, fanatic. I still am a sports fanatic. I played sports growing up, you know, never anything too serious, but, you know, I like to play team sports. Uh, any advice for approaching how to get your uh, son or daughter into sports? Sports? Well, first off, congratulations, 11 months old, right? That's awesome. Good for you. Thank Welcome you. to the Thank dad you. club, right? Yes, um, I, I, I wear it proudly. Absolutely, man. It's something to be proud of. Uh, but, you know, I think, I think some of the, the, the biggest tips that I would give parents is foster the fire, right? Foster the fire. It doesn't mean that it's, that's, that's the bonfire that's going to take off, right? Maybe it's not baseball. Maybe it's not golf. Maybe they're going to dabble until they find that one passion, well, when they find that passion, you're going to know it. When they find that, that, that desire to go hard at something, man, help them. Help them. That's your job. That's your duty is to really foster that fire. And I can tell you that I've had multiple phone calls, multiple emails with parents that think that their kid has to be a rock star at 7, at 8, at 9, 
And when I hear these type of stories, it, it, it almost breaks your heart because I'm like, listen, your motor skills are, are so bad. Your motor skills are so bad. Your brain doesn't understand what the body is doing. Your body doesn't do what the brain wants you to. Give it time and be patient. Be patient. Um, that to me is the, the, the biggest advice that I could give a parent out there in any sport is be patient. Having one bad year doesn't mean your kid's not good at baseball. Having one bad year doesn't mean your kid's a terrible football player. It just means he had a bad year. And I think parents putting additional pressure on children, um, especially at these younger ages, at any age, to be honest, it's already a hard game. Baseball, I say, is the hardest game. It's a, it's a, if you're literally a fifth of an inch off, you got a grounder. You know, put that a fifth of an inch up and you got to pop up, you know, it's, it's literally, that's the difference. And these kids already have enough pressure on them. It does not help to have a parent getting on the guy. Hey, how come you did this? Why did you do this? Well, he knows he screwed up. Let him breathe. Let him understand. You want to talk about it in a couple of days? That's probably the best thing you could do is let him, Hey, you did a great job today. Or maybe not even say you did a great job. I really enjoyed watching you play. You know, I'm a big proponent of calling a spade a spade if you, if you played like crap you played like crap but guess what that kid knows you played like crap it's like the the coach that yells throw strikes to the pitcher up there who's who's throwing balls do you really think that that kid's trying to walk the kid you know it, it that's not his intent it's just not his day um so so i guess my advice would be be patient with your kids lift them up encourage them understand that they have a lot of pressure on them and, uh, you know, you don't have to say, hey, great job, when you know they stunk. You could say, hey, I, I enjoyed watching you uh, play the game today. You know, I had a good time, um, and I appreciate you, you giving your best effort. That, that to me, is, is probably the biggest takeaway and the biggest concern that I have with conversations of other parents is, you know, they have this expectation. Well, I give my kid lessons every month. I give my, I'm sorry, every week. I give my kid lessons every week. I pay, I pay for a pitching coach once a week. I pay for a hitting coach once a week. doesn't mean it's going to translate, brother. It doesn't. Not today. Maybe in a year from now, maybe in six weeks, maybe in six months. But let it evolve. And adding pressure to that kid isn't going to help your relationship and it's not going to help the kid in the sport. So that's, that's, that's my biggest takeaway that I, I'd love to, to share with, with parents that are dealing with kids that are, are, are endeavoring to get better in any sport. No, I think that's a really uh, smart approach, and I appreciate that. When uh, I get to that point, uh, I will keep that in mind, and I will foster the fire. I like that. I might, I might get yep. that as a tattoo. I like that. That's a yeah. very foster the fire. You might want to trademark that. Fire, I like right? that. Right? That, it just that. Yeah, that that gets you pumped. Uh, and uh, just to, to, to close out, you know, obviously the, the name of the show is uh, is No Days Off. So, what does No Days Off mean to you? Man, that's interesting uh, because. I heard Tanner's answer. No days off to me is it, it means get up, get up, because there's days that you do not want to get up. There are days that it's going to be easier just to lay in bed, maybe feel sorry for yourself. Get up. Keep moving forward. I've had the opportunity when I lived in San Diego to know a few SEALs uh, that train down there by Coronado, and that's their thing. Always move forward. Keep moving. Get up. And to me, that's no days off. You don't get to take a day off, meaning... You, you, you can do what you need to do, whatever you have to do, but you have to keep moving forward. No days off. Keep pursuing. Keep moving forward. Keep getting better. I love it. Keep going forward. No days off and foster the fire. I love it. Foster Thank you so fire. much. I, I love it. Foster the fire. Thank you so much, Brian. I really appreciate you taking the time and uh, best of luck to, uh, to Tanner and, and the family. And, uh, you know, keep, uh, keep playing baseball and uh, hopefully he keeps improving and one day we see him in the uh, MLB. And if not, seems like a great kid. So uh, best of luck. All right, I appreciate it. Thank you guys so much. You guys do an awesome job. 
Nice, man. Appreciate it. Have a great one.